It's Morning Edition on NHPR. I'm Rick Ganley, and this is the New Hampshire News Recap. This week, city officials in Manchester evicted people experiencing homelessness from a downtown encampment. The ACLU of New Hampshire and other local advocates fought against the eviction, but a judge ruled in the city's favor. Meanwhile, Governor Sununu responded to mayors across the state asking for more support with New Hampshire's housing crisis. NHPR's Jen Yun Han and the Manchester Inc. Link's Carol Robido have been following this week's news, and they join us now by uh, Zoom. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning. Carol, I want to start with you. Tell us some more about the encampment in Manchester. Why did officials decide to evict people from that area? Yeah, so the um, the encampment was set up uh, sort of organically. A couple months ago, it started to it started with a tent or two that was positioned on the sidewalk area around the existing Families in Transition emergency shelter, and it quickly grew to uh, what resulted in ultimately 40 to 50 tents uh, all around the perimeter. Um, and there was um, problems associated with that. Naturally, uh, there was no bathroom facilities available. Uh, there were no trash cans available. Um, so quickly it became a, a place where there was uh, uh, not only dirt and human excrement and hypodermic needles, but local businesses began to suffer the um, circumstances that uh, customers didn't feel safe. Uh, a daycare center directly across the street announced a week or two ago that they were permanently closing uh, due to the conditions outside the shelter and safety concerns. So on January 3rd, uh, a group of business people from the community sh- showed up at a aldermanic meeting and just told their stories briefly and, and asked the city to take action. Um, police had made many calls to the shelter. Um, Christmas Day, a woman was found dead inside her shelter, um, her tent shelter. Amanda Hartness was her name, and she had recently been uh, released from the prison system and uh, died in her tent. So it all came to a head, and the city posted a notice that they should vacate the premises. um, And then the ACLU stepped in and and asked for an injunction Mm -hmm last week. Mm-hmm. And, and Jen Yoon, uh, the, the ACLU uh, did try to block that eviction by suing the city of Manchester, as Carol alluded to there, calling it inhumane. Uh, but a judge rejected that, lo- that lawsuit. Can you tell us more about that ruling? Yeah. So the claim that the legal representatives were making from the ACLU of New Hampshire and New Hampshire Legal Assistance was that the city can't tell people living in encampments to move off of public property when there's no alternative housing options available. And the lawsuit pointed to a previous ruling in the city of Boise, Idaho, that set that kind of precedent that if there's no other options available, you can't tell people to move off. But the judge rejected that claim. His reasoning was that there the encampment was not only a public health hazard, but that there are other shelter options available like the cash and center in the city. But that does leave the people who lived in that encampment, which Carol says was around 40 to 50 people, unsure of where exactly they can go. Now, Carol, you were there at the encampment as people were preparing to leave this week. You talked with some of them. What do they have to say? Uh, they, you know, they mostly were busy uh, packing up and the police had created a a barricade around the area to keep it 
safe uh, from the traffic that moves right along there. But the, the few people that I was able to speak to really didn't know what they were going to do next. Uh, they they mostly said that the police officers who have had daily detail out there have been kind and helpful for the most part. And uh, they just really felt at, at a loss. Um, they they Some of them have scattered to uh, doorways again and alleyways in the downtown area. Some of them have created new encampments or found a place to tent in the woods. Um, it's it's frustrating, I think, because they want something more or they want at least to have a place where they can live outside uh, without being moved. Um, this was the culmination of several months, probably years really of people creating tented places to live outside and being moved or swept as as it's called uh, from wherever they were to go somewhere else and that became the central question not only in the ACLU lawsuit but even among the business owners who were calling for action um, because there there is no place to go mm -hmm. the the shelter, uh, the Families in Transition shelter right now is at about capacity of 138. At, at one time, a couple years ago, it was half of that. And every other state shelter that's available uh, usually is full right now. So even if you were going to go into a shelter, there really aren't beds. And that also leads to the question of, are the shelters really providing a service that's that's needed, or is there something more? Yeah, and, and eight mayors across the state uh, wrote a letter to Governor Sununu this month demanding more action on on the crisis from the state. What were their specific requests? Let me let me ask you that, uh, Jenny. The letter was really clear in showing that the mayor's top issue right now is like Carol said, making sure that people can at least stay warm during this winter weather because they're concerned with the shelters struggling to keep up with the increased demand. So the mayors, which includes Manchester's Joyce Craig, asked for immediate funding and services in the forms of more emergency shelter beds, more medical services, and to specifically open up a winter shelter that's just for women. And the mayor said, you know, in the letter that their cities can't handle the soaring demand. So they even requested the New Hampshire National Guard come in to help staff these winter surge shelters. But, you know, along with these requests, the tone in the letter was one of a call to action toward Governor Sununu and state leadership. They had been hoping for several years that there would be some sort of statewide collaborative effort to address homelessness, but they said that Sununu wasn't living up to that responsibility since 2020 when they first asked him to lead that kind of a statewide effort. And he he really bristled. His, his response was um, a, a little terse, wasn't it? Yeah, he pushed back in the letter and he said that the state has already been doing a lot to address the issue of homelessness. He pointed to the Council on Housing Stability that he established in 2020 and that there have been various investments that the state has committed to. That includes a $100 million investment towards more affordable housing. And towards a specific request that the mayors made, like shelter beds, he said that that's already been provided and he really shut down the idea of requesting a National Guard. He said that it's, quote, irresponsible and troubling, end quote, that the mayors would make such a request, even though they have funds that they haven't finished up using that was provided by the state. 
Um, he did say in the letter that the state is open to the idea of having more state funding for family resource centers and that they're interested in moving forward with more funding for health care for unhoused people and more shelter options for women. One, one comment that he made that illustrates this tension between the state and these mayors is he wrote, the state does have a critical role in addressing the crisis, but that communities at the local level are also responsible. So it's a perennial issue of, you know, people pointing fingers at the other and saying who is responsible for what and who should be doing more. This is Morning Edition on NHPR. We're discussing the state's housing crisis with NHPR's Jen Yun Han and the Manchester Inklings, Carol Robodeau. What questions do you have about what's happening in the state? You can always email us at voices at nhpr.org. We'd love to hear your thoughts and inform our reporting. Uh, Jen Yun, can you zoom out and give us a sense of, of the housing crisis across the state? Do we have data to show the scale of the issue and, and, and how we got here with with this crisis? Yeah, several data points here. According to New Hampshire Housing, the vacancy rate for a two-bedroom unit is at 0.3%. A healthy market would have that around five. The median price for a two-bedroom unit, it's nearly $1,600. And in 2013, just to put that in perspective, it was under 1100 So prices are way up. There's little availability and a lot of rental assistance programs that helped keep people afloat are ending. And that's directly led to increase in evictions. That's what I've heard from legal aid advocates um, in the same in the time frame of 2021 to 2022. The number of evictions increased by 13 percent. And a lot of people who I spoke with worry that that can increase fairly well in the upcoming year. And of course, uh, the, the more this goes on, the more of a domino effect it, it is. Um, you know, what, what about you, Carol? What are some of the factors that that, that you see that have led up to this point in, in, in the housing crisis in the state? Yeah, I think we can't turn away from the fact that we've come uh, through COVID-19 in the last uh, several years, which, if you recall, immediately called for uh, reducing capacity at shelters. And um, that was one of the the, the reasons that um, one of the first large encampments developed in Manchester, because people the didn't were afraid to go they you know they didn't want to be exposed to other people um also the opioid crisis uh and the addiction crisis has contributed to this over the last decade with a growing uh it's we really don't have a handle on that yet but meanwhile we see the resources shrinking um it's harder and harder to find people to work in this space uh in in terms of providing counseling and uh crisis intervention and addiction recovery. Uh, right now, the capacity for that is very limited. Um, at the last aldermanic meeting, one of the aldermen asked our new director of overdose prevention if there's a clear path for someone who would like to get into recovery. And he said, no, there is not. Um, and and pointed to the statewide um, doorway system and the 211 system as inadequate. So. And it's inadequate for a lot of the reasons I mentioned. There, there's just not any place for people to go mm-hmm. or to get detox. Right. So these are other issues as well. All contributing factors, absolutely. Um, I want to ask you, we have just a minute or so left. I want to ask you both what you're watching for next uh, as far as the housing crisis is concerned. And, of course, uh, what do you think will come next with, with the, the, the um, homelessness crisis in New Hampshire? Let's start with you, Carol. 
Well, I think the city has taken some swift action in the last uh, several weeks. They've opened up um, or they're about to open a 40 bed shelter in a, a vacant factory. Uh, they they got uh, permission from the state to utilize a state owned building that was once a sober house for men into a shelter for women. They took an old bus depot that was empty and they're making it sort of a makeshift shelter. They've mm -hmm. taken the senior center and made it a, a, a warming shelter overnight. And I think that the idea of collaboration and this unity among mayors across the state is important. Uh, I understand, I believe they're meeting today actually with the Department of Health and Human Services um, as directed by the governor to talk about some statewide remedies that would help ease the problem across sure. the state. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Janine, how, how about you? What, what are you watching for? I'm looking for the long-term plan of if there's going to be more affordable housing that state leaders and people on the local level will be willing to make because without that housing, people will be unhoused and there won't be enough options for people to have a place to stay and have a stable home. Jen Yun Han is a reporter for NHPR. Cal Rubido, a publisher of Manchester Inc. Link, thank you so much to you both for joining us on the uh, New Hampshire News Recap. You can find more of their work, by the way, at nhpr.org and manchesterinclink.com. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. We also suggest that you check out the New Hampshire News Quiz this week. It's a quick, fun, and informative way to test your knowledge of the week's news. You can sign up to get the quiz emailed to you, or you can check it out at nhpr.org slash quiz. And we're here next Friday with a fresh recap. I'm Rick Ganley. This is Morning Edition on NHPR.